0: Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is K Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3
1: KLIN. All right, welcome in on a Wednesday morning. It is the halfway point of the month of June. June 15th, 2022, getting close to the halfway point of the year. And uh glad to have you with us here this morning in the capital city. Right now uh a little bit of a coolish one, 69 degrees, but if you went to bed early like my co-host did last night, you may not be aware that it was kind of an active evening weather-wise in the area. As when I laid down in bed, first thing I heard was the tornado sirens going off in East Lincoln while uh, the area I was in was not actually ever under a tornado warning. portions uh of the northern part of the county were uh and you had hail issues as Mark reported uh, across the listening area uh Seward york uh I think we got a little hail at my place uh It was a little hard it was just kind of a downpour to figure out exactly what was happening out there uh but yeah it was it was an active kind of uh out of nowhere. Uh, weather night last night um mark just give us a little bit kind of when you came in this morning and and saw some of the saw and heard some of the uh, damage reports the reports of what happened last night tell us what you saw and heard well uh checking uh, all of our sources this morning
2: including social media other media uh, law enforcement um there was some heavy winds law enforcement did confirm an, a tornado on the ground there uh, as i understand it it was up near branched oak lake but now the Lancaster County Sheriff's Office, uh, I talked to the uh, chief deputy or the deputy on duty this morning, said they actually didn't receive any reports of damage, although officers did report some branches down, a lot of leaves down in that area. That could be wind, hail, uh, all of that. Sure. So now there was um, some some damage out on I-80 uh, about the Greenwood exit. There's an RV park just to the on the northwest side of that, uh, and there was some damage there, including one camper, uh, we're were herding uh, was overturned or tipped over some minor injuries that's in cass county they did ask for some mutual aid i believe it was for ambulances but there were no serious injuries that came out of that uh sixty six at the airport was the official okay. rainfall total seven hundreds out of casa vale southeast okay um wind gust 48 at the airport that was just before 11 uh, no reports of damage uh, by LPD, and uh, fairly quiet night other than a lot of rain. Yeah, uh, in a very short period
1: of time. Yeah. And so I wondered if if uh, flooding might become the the issue that went along with this. Didn't
2: seem to. We didn't have any reports of it, but I think that was uh, simply because it was moving fairly quickly. Yeah, about
1: forty miles an hour, kind of just going straight through east with the most area with rotation, most of the hail reports. Kind of in that northern northern edge of the storm, yep. so north of north of O Street, well, kind of like um,
2: York to Seward, and then up yeah. to the north and east. So yeah, I looked uh, back
3: it, at the uh, the maps this morning, and it looked like here at Midtown Lincoln, here where Broadcast House, Forty Fourth and O, this was in the path at one point before it decided to careen north.
1: Yeah, it went a little bit further north. Well, it, it, uh, it
2: must have been a political storm. It turned left.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, the, and I know the Mal, the Malcolm area, they, they had that was when you actually started to have some reports of actual tornado, tornadoes instead of um radar indicated rotation yep. in that area as i was watching some of the coverage last night so uh yeah so you wake up and perhaps you you missed all of it maybe you slept through the. Si- yeah i know you guys did <laughs>
3: well i even i even tweeted out this morning because i saw on my phone you are in a tornado warning And went oh okay <laughs> um so i tweeted out i go what did i miss last night? so we night? learned
1: last night the sirens don't necessarily wake you up huh i w- sleep sound enough i was out <laughs> apparently I was
3: very tired we yep. By the way, uh, quick, because I know we talked about this uh, last week, thank you to Lincoln Parks and Recreation for getting Trago Splash Pad up and working. Oh, it's working now. We went and spent like an hour there yesterday. Okay. So much fun. All right, good. Your daughter liked it? She liked it. It wore me the heck out. Like <laughs> I know she was tired, but I was like, man, I think I need to go lay down.
1: Good, good. All right, so uh, that's the weather situation. Uh, by the way, on the show today, real quickly, uh want to mention what we've got coming up to What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. So if you haven't yet registered yours on the Facebook page, you can text us at the Rickstein Recognition text line, 402-479-1400. Uh, give us a little idea of what's on your chest right now. Get it off, feel better, and uh, we'll have some fun talking about it during the 7 o'clock hour. Mayor Leary and Gaylor Bear joins us today. Interesting timing for her uh, to be with us, guys, actually after the news breaks on a couple of things. So we'll talk to her about the city council vote on the fairness ordinance, um, her reaction to that, what she is thinking and net is next in this discussion. And then we'll delve a little bit further into her budget proposal as well. Coming up at 810, John Bishop is going to join us at 835. He's getting ready to call the College World Series in omaha so we've got all of that going on as well and
3: is he going to get kicked off the broadcast if he does horns down
1: uh, uh, are you concerned about that
3: no, I I just know the uh college world series folks were not too pleased with a national anthem singer for doing horns down.
1: Did he do it at a previous uh this, this national anthem So singer? he he'd done it before,
3: but he did it at the women's college world series. At oh, like the
1: women's college world series and did it. Which had a
3: Texas.
4: Yeah,
1: I mean I can there. see why you yeah. don't want that if you're the NC double or oh, if you're the college on. world series. Come on. I mean during the national air or, or after right You'll after the national. get cheers. Anthem. Yeah. <laughs> uh and uh, down in my vacation home of uh, beatrice we had the hearing between charles herbster's attorneys and julie slama's attorney she was there he wasn't and do you remember what i said yesterday when i was talking about this i think probably in, in prior times when i was referring most specifically to the inability to come up with a mutually agreeable deposition date on this thing and i said you know Typically, this is not a contentious issue in a civil action like this. Uh, It it looks like the judge basically said, okay, guys, on several issues. Okay, guys. In fact, I think there was one of the quotes that I read that said something to the effect of 99% of the attorneys that come before me are able to figure this stuff out on their own cordially and professionally and professionally and so it looks like the judge looked at it a little bit like i did uh, taking some things under advisement but on a vast on on a bunch of the things like the deposition day like the exactly the scope of the subpoenas that are going in he basically said okay go figure this out yourselves
5: <laughs> this is what I, this is
1: what we do can in, hear it now
2: jack cases. mitchell you come to judge.
1: You come to judge. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So, uh, there, there is uh, no uh, no no next hearing date set. It sounds like like and the the Herbster t- team was um, objecting to the Slama team's uh, basically their position that a deposition should be over the course of two days. And the Herbster team said, look, even if this was true, which we say it is not true, how much can you talk about it over the course of two days? Um, and then, you know, both of the sides were kind of firing at each other for um, for trying the case previously in the press. And that do, we need, on, do, we do we need
2: to put a, uh, you know, uh, have somebody go down there and build a sandbox outside the oh, courthouse? Oh, and-
1: man something something and you do that or send them to the schoolyard well you, you and, I, and i remember and i think they talked a little bit about some of the pleadings that i had mentioned where they were like copying and pasting tweets into the i think it was herbster seems i was copying pasting tweets into the pleadings that were going on here and the motions that were going on here and i was like i don't think i mean it's, twitter wasn't around when i was practicing but i don't think that's typical either so um, so yeah, they, they, and they had some of the discussions in chambers too. They're going to be, uh, briefed, uh, uh, they're going to be briefing the court about whether or not Herbster should have his motion for a, basically a protective order relating to the, the subpoena uh, or excuse me, the depositions, uh, or whether that's completely moot right now since he didn't show up for them. So a lot of procedural, a lot of sort of, uh, it looks like attorneys who don't like each other very much, and trying to get them to work together to actually make this thing happen is what happened yesterday in Beatrice. So we've got that. Um, yeah, the uh, interesting story about uh, LPS surprising Steve yep. Joel,
2: and on their tw- meeting on the twenty eighth, they intend to rename the district building in his honor.
1: Yeah, and it 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 especially goes to. Kind of the history of that building, uh, and I remember that day very well. Being here when uh, we got news that the old LPSDO building on there on O Street was on fire. Um, uh, that that was when I was doing the show with Bishop. He went out there, I think live while we were while we were on the air to cover that. I know it happened in the in the overnight hours, but it was still going on. Obviously, a big fire like that, and that was pretty early on in Steve Joel's tenure. His first year. Yeah, it it was it was fairly and and um they they built that that back up. Uh it's a it's a great, you know, it's a really nice building. Right now, of course, there's a lot of fundraising and things that had to go along with that as well. There's a 15.9 million dollar district office right there on the the same place, and so that's the building. Uh it's hard not to see that building and and remember that whole turn of events. That had happened, uh, what, about a decade ago, 2013 is when they opened up the new building. And so he will have his name. He's finishing up. He's got a couple of weeks left on the job, and and then the new superintendent will be taken over f- uh, roughly in the month of, of July. Uh, and the, the baton is passed on that. So uh, the exact name is, I believe, going to be announced during that, that meeting, but it's going to yep. involve Steve Joel somehow. So I don't know if it's going to be called Lincoln uh Lincoln Public Schools district office at Steve Joel Field or exactly what it's going to be <laughs> I don't know exactly what what that will be Steve
3: so. Joel Arena home of the Lincoln yeah, yeah, District right. Office Yeah I
1: don't know I don't know um but <laughs> oh, I mean they're selling the football fields to Union Bank so uh I mean maybe maybe we get that on there too right the uh the Amigo Steve Joel LPSDO yes. building We'll see. We'll see. Oh, by the way, he's going to be on sell my,
3: everything.
1: He's going to be on my podcast uh, two weeks from Thursday too. Fun. So yeah, I'll have him on my podcast. Kind get, of on the way out, which will be interesting. Is he going to be in on the show at all before he's gone? Uh, he was on a couple of weeks ago. I know. Uh, okay. No. I mean, how many times yeah. do you want me to talk to him? I just asked. No, sorry, no. I do, I feel like I'm disappointing. No, disappointing. No, he, he, not we had any more than normal. A couple weeks ago, we'll cover a lot in in that podcast, and uh, yeah, maybe we can uh, use some clips of it on the show as well. So we've got that as well. And then this was interesting as well. The uh, Journal Star has a piece this morning uh, from Don Walton that just posted a bit ago, which addresses, I think, rumors that probably all of us had heard. Um, but it addresses head on the idea that perhaps Suzanne Geist is the person to run for mayor for the Republicans next time that seat is up. Of course, Mayor Leary and Gaylor Baird, who will be on the show with us today, uh, would be the incumbent there. And she basically told Don Walton she's still not sure if that's something that she wants to do i had heard the name mark i'm sure you oh, had heard the name uh that had kind of been out there in some of the political circles as well and there are some some folks who have thought she is the best option for republicans right now to challenge leary and gaylor baird
2: yeah, she, she would have two years left in the uh, legislature and of course that's about the time you get a lot of seniority built up mm-hmm. she's been very involved in especially in the corrections area which mm-hmm. is a big issue in the state and uh, of course was uh, one of the first senators that came to the uh um, benefit or to the support of julie lama mm-hmm. on, on all of this so yeah. uh, she's she's had a high profile and and from everything that i've been able to to learn been a pretty effective and good senator
1: yeah, she she said in the piece a couple of things. She said I kind of like working in the in the background instead of at the forefront, which you know it's it's a different situation than being mayor. Talked about two children, grandchildren, you know the time that she wants for uh, for them. So it sounds like she's genuinely undecided right now if this is the right step for her. She also talked a little bit about how some of the votes that she has taken that her her party hasn't necessarily been that happy with, uh, that her position hasn't always been uh, one that took the Republican Party line. Uh, But nonetheless, I mean, I will say this part of the, you know, and I'm an equal opportunity critic of getting candidates uh, that aren't suited to win a lot of these races. I mean, I'll tell you that about I'll give you a list of Democrats and statewide races that have been poor choices. Um, but it's kind of the same thing in city races, especially in mayoral races uh, for the Republicans locally. You just they, they haven't had they haven't had candidates that are in as good of a position to win than they could have. Uh, this will be this will be a lot closer to that if she would do that, I would say it, it, it'll be it'll give them a, a better shot because of who the candidate is than um, the, the candidates that they've really done what the last. Three, four-plus elections, you know, probably back back since uh, when Ken Sobota ran against Chris Beitler. You had a, a close race in that one. But beyond that, it, they just – there haven't been people it, – it, it weirdly mirrors the state situation with Democrats sometimes, I think. So we'll see what she decides. Got some time yet. What, that'll be – is that what, 20 – May
2: of 2023?
1: 2023. So uh, not too far, I guess. Less yeah. than a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Less than a year away. Um, all right, so there you go. Anything else I missed? Yeah. What? Probably the most important
2: thing in the sports arena. What's that? Stanley Cup starts tonight. Oh. Finalists. Oh,
1: you're, you're uh, let's Don't see, worry, do you Don't like, worry,
3: I'll, I'll mention it here. You
1: like both of... No, you're an Avs guy, right? Yeah. Among the teams that you cheer for. Yep. All right, you think they're going to win it? You know, they've got a pretty decent chance, but oh. lightning are tough. I like the Avs uniforms. They're nice.
3: Lightning to three feet.
1: Ugh. Oh hush
5: <laughs>
2: All right, it's six, well, at least
1: six. It's uh, it's six twenty-five. We'll take a break. Good any, morning.
2: Any words of wisdom from me this morning? From you? Yeah.
1: I don't know. I, ha-
2: I have learned that it does not matter in life whether you're rich or poor, short or tall, fat or thin. At the end of the day, it's night.
0: <laughs> six twenty-five on KLIN. Waking up the capital city with the help of Nitro Cold Brew Coffee from Broken Rail Beverage Company. This is 1499.3 KLIN.
6: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time.
7: And if you love the fillet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
6: Ba 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 ba.
4: Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count.
0: A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln, and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's
1: time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. But first, today's keyword for Keys to the City brought to you by Lincoln Mattress and uh, Furniture. Today's featured business is Robber's Cave and uh, Robber's Cave Tours. And the keyword is, appropriately enough, cave, C A. V.E. Roberts Cave Tour located just south of Andorne Park. Offers cave tours seven days a week, year-round. Due to popularity, tours must be booked in advance. Sandstone Cave is listed on the National Register of Historic Places. and has been featured in Midwest Living and Atlas Obscura, a catalog of the most unusual travel destinations in the world. It's a very cool place here in the capital city. So if you type in the keyword cave, you will be eligible for... One of those gift certificates and the grand prize of all the gift certificates from all the featured businesses put together. One note, though, Robber's Cave, this is not an in-person location to pick up right. an extra entry. We've had a couple of those. So go to the other ones. Uh, don't go to Robber's Cave. For Robber's Cave, just go to KLIN.com and type in the keyword cave. And you can go also see all of the other businesses that have been featured where you can get additional entries. And what would be in that giant package of gift certificates if you happen to be the person that won it?
3: Now, I have got a question for you, because yesterday's word was pioneers. Yes. And you said, you don't need to spell that because you don't deserve a gift card if you can't spell pioneers.
1: Did I say that? Was that yesterday that I said that? Now,
3: today, the keyword is cave. And you immediately went and I thought it, it. was
1: uh, two days ago when it was a two word thing that I needed to. Well, I Pine forget Lake? What it was. Pine Lake. Yeah, Pine Lake, right? Yeah, okay. Okay. I don't know. Cave. Just It could be other way. It could be <laughs> C A U G H or something. I just want to. <laughs> this is like the Irish. Car. <laughs> 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 cave. <I don't> know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, All right, let's jump in to our sound off today. Uh, Boy, it does sound like you are going to have, pending its actual uh, drafting, it does sound like you're going to have significant bipartisan agreement on this negotiated Senate bill, which is in part gun control, which is other parts. Uh, mental health funding uh, and and all in response to what happened in Uvalde, but a big uh, a, a, a big moment yesterday when U.S. Senator Mitch McConnell, uh, House Republican leader, talked about this. Or Senate, Excuse me, Senate Republican leader.
8: Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell says an outline for new gun safety legislation is progress for the country.
1: The legislation ends up
2: <coughs> reflecting what the framework. Uh, indicates,
8: I'll be supportive. Lawmakers are now drafting the legislation based off an agreement with proposals enhancing background check requirements for 18- to 21-year-olds, providing federal assistance for red flag laws, and funding for mental health resources.
2: The bill in and of itself is going to save thousands of lives. I have no doubt about that.
8: Connecticut Democrat Chris Murphy helped draft the framework and believes a vote on a final package could come before the end of the month. On Capitol Hill, Jared Halpern, Fox News. My
1: goodness, are you going to have like a you are going to have like a 70-30 vote on this 75-25 vote on this Interesting. with Mc- with uh with McConnell signaling his i mean probable support of of this bill that gives a green light to a lot of republicans mm-hmm. who are in the senate as well um man anything on this issue i assumed had zero chance of of doing anything uh and and yes there are certainly the discussions that this doesn't do much when it comes to gun control, but nonetheless anything even related to that topic, I would have had a hard time believing you would get anything other than a almost 100% split bipartisan vote on this. but mm-hmm. with McConnell saying that that doesn't look like it's going to be the case And you've already you've already got 10 Republicans who are part of the negotiations who signed their names to the principles of this. you had McConnell to that. you've got 11. Uh, And now you're waiting for it to get drafted. So as some Republicans have said, look, I'm going to actually look at the bill before Mm -hmm. I say what I'm going to do on this. But I would suspect that with McConnell saying what he does, unless there's something in the bill that is incongruent with the negotiated points on this, that you won't only have McConnell, but you'll probably bring along. You know, a fair, fair number of additional Republicans on this. So what are we talking? I don't know. 70, like I said, 70, 75, maybe that you're, you're able to get. We'll it'll be interesting to see what the Nebraska delegation does on this. Right. Run. Um, with now that the, the, their, their party head essentially in the Senate has given his approval to it pending it being drafted in the way that mm-hmm. he thinks is, is appropriate as well. Um, and then, uh, speaking of things that went forward on a bipartisan basis, what is going on here? Uh, this Supreme Court
8: security mm-hmm. bill um, got through the House and is going to go to the president's desk. 396 members of Congress voted for this. 27 voted against it. All 27, important to point out, are Democrats who did not want to advance this bill to the president's desk where it will go. Now, this will give more protection not only to justices, but also their families. Right now, justices have around the clock security from the U.S. Marshals and the Supreme Court police. But the purpose of this bill which originated in the Senate, is to protect those immediate family members of the justices. Last month, the Senate passed a bill that would give more protection to members of their families as the threats on Supreme Court justices continue. Yeah, I I mean,
1: I think this is kind of a no brainer personally. Um, And it's it's boy, the the fact that you got as close as you did uh, with that situation with Kavanaugh and the the continued just escal, escalation of personal, personal threats of the safety of people who are decision makers in the country I, I don't care what i don't care what their political ideology is i don't care about any of that it's a that is a terrible path to go down obviously because you know the fam, the, the people themselves the loss of lives but but just to start to make that an option for mm-hmm. people to To react to this. So I think this is uh, a complete no brainer here Um, and glad that I I assume the president is going to sign it and that'll that'll get going. Now, the other thing we've got going on today is interest rate hikes. And it looks like it's coming and maybe it is coming even more extensively than most of the experts thought just 24 hours ago.
7: Last month, the central bank indicated they will raise its benchmark interest rate by half
1: a percentage point for the second time in two meetings and follow with a third such increase in July. However, a slew of troubling inflation reports of late could lead Fed officials to
6: consider
9: surprising markets with a larger than expected three quarters of a percentage point interest rate increase to tame hot inflation. A handful of Wall Street forecasts including investment banks Barclays and Jeffries, are predicting that the Fed will make that move after May's Consumer Price
7: Index rose 8.6% from the same period a year earlier. The Fed last raised rates by three-quarters of a percentage point in 1994. Hilary
1: Barsky, Fox News. So, I mean, there are even some who, if it was 0.75, it would be the largest uh hike since 1994 yeah keep in mind it was just up a half and there are different ways to say this but i'm I'm saying 0.5 that went up last time around so combine them together and you've got an incredibly significant uh increase here by the fed which they set these short-term interest rates they then influence long-term interest rates so you know when the fed lives it's it's short-term rate, which is what they will do here, that increases borrowing costs for banks, which in turn pass those costs on to consumers and businesses um, in the form of higher rates on long-term loans for houses and cars and Mm -hmm. those sorts of things. So if you're in the market for either of those things, you're going to get a a worse interest rate. So uh, right now, though, um, inflation is so high at this point that Even though unemployment is low, that you've got they feel like they've got to do something unprecedented in recent years to curb inflation that's happening right now at this point. So we'll see if it uh, we'll see if it works. They're they're trying to stabilize prices while not hurting employment with this uh, at this point. Um, And a lot of times when the Fed has done this. There's been an economic downturn that goes along with it instead of what they call a a soft landing
5: mm-hmm.
1: uh, that that goes with this. but the economy is actually relatively strong. it's the inflation that's the issue right now but are we talking about a recession uh, you know six months a year from now going along with this but boy that'd be that'd be something and and essentially what this means is it's the cost of of borrowing. And so, money becomes more expensive to borrow. Right. Essentially, banks pay more to borrow money, charge individuals and businesses. Like I said, you kind of pass it down to the the consumers. Mortgage rates rise accordingly because of that, and that's you know part of the reason mortgage payments have been rising so much um, with uh, with the last year or so. Um, yeah, so fewer people can afford homes, fewer businesses can invest in new factory, uh, hire people, uh, and that can slow down the growth rate of the economy. Even though it's got the purpose of curbing inflation. (laughs) So I mean home prices
3: were already dumb anyway, so why not add a little bit on the
1: end? Yeah, on the on the actual borrowing that you typically would need to do to to buy a home. But we'll see. The I mean the actual impact is gonna be is gonna determine on what happens with inflation for the most part. Um and and if they can really slow it with this whole thing. Anyway, well, no, 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 everybody loves economics 101 before 7 a.m. But that the Fed stuff is always a little confusing. There's going to be a ton of talk today, so hopefully that sheds a little light on exactly what's going on. Uh, Had some primaries again last night around the country. Let's see what happens. There are signs of a
8: seismic shift taking place in Hispanic politics in South Texas. Republican Myra Flores flipping the heavily Democratic seat red in the Rio Grande Valley. Flores defeating Sanchez by nearly eight points, the daughter of Mexican migrant workers. Flores' victory is a clear sign if the GOP is making significant inroads with Hispanic voters. Meanwhile, former President Trump notching a significant victory in South Carolina, where the first House Republican who voted to impeach him is sent packing. Trump-backed candidate Russell Fry easily ousting five-term Congressman Tom Rice. But the other high-profile target of the former president, Nancy Mace, held on in the Low Country, defeating challenger Katie Arrington with strong support from former Governor Nikki Haley.
1: All right. Um I always
3: find it interesting that in some of those especially like house races where it is a specific district how those are seen as a referendum on what the rest of the country is doing. Yeah,
1: that, 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 always, that always happens, especially when there's like one isolated thing, like a special election yes. or something during the in between, <laughs> uh, in between elections, and it's one state, uh, well, is this a rebuke, or is this an acceptance of what's happening in the White House right now or what happened in the White House three years ago? I agree. That's, I feel like everyone tries to, to make too much of those things. And mm-hmm. as we know... You know, looking at our own house races, at our own races, there's so much that factors into these things locally mm-hmm. that nationally people just don't understand. Uh, you know, I, I saw one, I saw one take from a national pundit um, on the Herbster uh, race for governor on on Herbster villain yeah. that basically said, "Well, Herbster's Herbster strategy of of playing the victim of being falsely accused." almost worked and i said i actually tweeted this this guy back i can't remember was a writer for slate or something like that and i said you know i was here and that's not how it felt it felt like he was the odds-on favorite Mm -hmm. and then when the accusations were leveled that he that that was kind of the 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 mortal blow to his his campaign
3: he was still viewed as the favorite on election day though like we said right here so yeah there's a lot of national folks that did I, not did not even understand our own gubernatorial
1: yeah, I never race. trust extra, national media members kind of trying to extrapolate uh, uh,
3: the media the, the, yeah right <laughs> the
1: lo- listen to your local media that's what i say that's what i say uh okay a couple other things so, uh, you know, we've talked a few times about monkey pox and yep. how that is an issue. Yep. I, again, urge you, don't Google it unless you need to. And Stop look at all the pictures. That, One people, of my that was a chat not I just said don't, don't do it. Don't do a it. Simple request. <laughs> You'll be glad you didn't. But we may not be calling it that anymore evidently. Might be changing the
9: name. A group of scientists complained to the World Health Organization that the name monkeypox could be stigmatizing for its victims. They wrote in the context of the current global outbreak, continued reference to and nomenclature of this virus being African is not only inaccurate, but is also discriminatory. The CDC says the virus was actually first found in monkeys at a Danish research facility back in 1958. So, the WHO Joe's announced it's going to rename the virus as soon as possible. The disease has infected over 1,600 people in 39 different countries so far this year. Jill Nato, Fox News. Okay,
1: legitimate, honest question here: Does m- the name monkeypox connotate Africa necessarily? There, there are mo- there's obviously monkeys in Denmark, yeah. So <laughs> called uh, dankypox? I don't. I I don't quite understand. It's not called. African monkeypox, which I could kind of understand right. that that would be a little bit more problematic, but whatever. I don't. I'm not. I mean, I'm not going to freak out if you cancel the name monkeypox. But <laughs>
3: I'm, I'm not jumping on. That oh
1: yeah, often. you probably shouldn't. Okay, this, let, let's finish with uh, this one here today. Uh, boy, it was a long run since the early 2000s, the way that most of us logged on for a lot of years Mm. to what they call the information superhighway and don't really call it anymore. Now it's all Google Chrome and Microsoft Edge and DuckDuckGo and whatever browser that you use, but don't ever forget one of the OGs in the game, Internet Explorer r i p chances are your first web pages were viewed on netscape until you forgot about netscape because microsoft came out with their own web
3: browser internet explorer it first debuted in nineteen ninety five as
8: an add-on to windows ninety five and starting today Internet Explorer will no longer be supported as Microsoft will solely authorize its newer browser called Edge. It means you will need to port over settings and plugins to Edge if you haven't already. Google's Chrome browser continues to be the world's most popular. Eben Brown, Fox News.
1: Yeah, once Chrome came out, that kind of made the switch over over to yeah. Chrome. But I always remember that blue E in the corner, and the Netscape one where you, it was actually moving around. You knew you were online then. It was very exciting when I was in college. All right, six fifty-three. A lot of
3: issues with Internet Explorer. <laughs> yeah, do that too. <laughs> that too.
1: All right, six fifty-three. We'll take a break. Talk with the cops next with Officer Chad on KLIN. They done it, and now LPT needs your help. Crime Stoppers on LNK today. All right, 65 LNK today with Jack and Friends on K L I N. Welcome. How are you doing, Officer Chad? I'm doing well. How Good about to you guys? see you. Good to see you. Thank you. We're good. We're all right. Uh, I was the only one who didn't sleep through the storm last night on our team. Oh, uh, I slept like a rock. You sleep through, you sleep <laughs> through the tornado sirens, too? Uh, well, actually, the tornado
10: sirens woke me up from the couch so I could go to bed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. I, I'm that guy. Yeah. I
10: hate storms. Uh, yeah, whatever.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> have you had any ever had any crazy nights when you've been on on patrol with just like crazy thunderstorms or flooding or or anything like that? And how does uh, it, that impact what you do?
10: <laughs> well, actually, several years ago when we had the robbery up at uh, was it Fourteenth and Adams where the uh, the quick shop clerk uh-huh. was shot and killed, yeah. I was working that night. I got set up on a perimeter on uh, One Eighty while we're trying to track the suspects. And we had the most massive rain and thunderstorm I've ever seen in my life. It actually knocked down our our radio for an hour, oh my hour goodness. and a half. And you're yeah. trying to,
1: try we're, to f- trying to find somebody during
10: we're this We're trying time. to find somebody, and yeah, it made things really, really difficult. And it's a little bit eerie when you're sitting in the car by yourself, and the only lights you have are the dash and the computer. And you know something like, I mean, obviously a pretty serious situation has happened. You have no idea where the people are that
1: did it. Right. So, yeah, it made things a little little interesting. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, So, anyway, uh, yeah, it's a a busy night. By the way, if people are wondering, uh, Casa Vale had, I think he said, 77 hundredths of an inch at his house. Correct. Seventy-seven hundredths of an inch. So I would it's have imagined good. much more because like so it sounded like it was coming down pretty hard. I kind of thought so too. Uh, all
10: right, tell us what we're going with Crime Stoppers here this week. Uh, first one is assaulted by an avalanche. Um, this one happened on the first of June. Victim in this case is up at the grocery store, Super Saver on North or uh, excuse me, Fifty Six and Highway Two. He was approached by somebody he didn't know. Uh, this person gets a little bit verbally aggressive. So the victim leaves the store with his children. This guy follows him in a black Chevy Avalanche with Sid Dillon Jeez. plates, ends up striking the victim's vehicle while his kids are in the vehicle. My gosh. Yeah. So the officers that worked this did a pretty good job, backtracked, went to Super Saver, and got a really good image of the driver of the Avalanche walking out of the store. Uh, looks like a male wearing khakis, maybe a, a greenish yellow shirt and a ball cap. Um, this one kind of touches a nerve. You you just don't yeah. do stuff when kids are involved. Yeah. So if if yeah. we can get some tips on this one, we'd really appreciate it. Yep. Uh, next one is Wandering Wallet. I'll be honest with you. I picked this one because a friend of mine is an officer, and she drives a Kia Soul that's just like the one in the in the picture. So <laughs> <laughs> victim here was shopping at Dollar General at 14th Superior, drops her wallet. Um, male suspect comes out right after her, picks it up, took off driving a a green Kia Soul. There's only so many of these cars running around.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a very nice car, but yeah, it might be easy to identify.
10: Yeah, I would I would hope so and I can at least account for one of these that are in town. Okay. So. <laughs> All right.
1: So, so we've we've uh, we've got an alibi for one. We'll see we'll we'll see about the rest. Yeah, come on, pick it up and hand it to her if you're right behind her. I, Jeez, you, come you on. would think so,
10: but you know, some people had, they they succumb to temptation, I My guess. My goodness.
1: All right. Hey, uh tell people how they can help out with crime stoppers tips. You can get a hold of us at
10: com or leave an anonymous tip at 475-3600. All right.
1: All right. Thank you very much, Officer Chad. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, guys. Uh, Coming up during the 7 o'clock hour, what chaps? Your hide Wednesday. Your chance to get it off your chest. Feel better. Be a more pleasant person to everyone around you today that's what we're doing for the community not to pat ourselves on the back but we're making a difference uh we're gonna also count down the five things people are talking about today with your morning drive a little bit later in the show Mary Lyrian and Gaylor Baird is going to join us John Bishop is going to join us we've got all Caleb sports the news from Mark why, why would you not listen it's just ridiculous seven o'clock KLA and Lincoln everybody in your crew identifies as either
6: Big Mac Burger McNuggets or Mick Crispy Sandwich
4: Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.
0: That's a quick check of your time saver traffic. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. <laughs> it's time to get it off your chest with What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday call or text the rickstein recognition hotline at 402-479-1400 to tell us what's chapping your hide
1: it has been proven somewhat scientifically that K. today with jack and friends what chaps your hide relieves stress puts you in a better mood it makes you more pleasant around your family friends neighbors co-workers and pets and so We present it as a public service Wednesdays at 710. What is it? Well, you just tell us about those little things that kind of stick in your craw that maybe chap your hide. And uh, maybe nobody else wants to hear about. Maybe your family's tired of you saying the same thing over and over again. Well, we're not. We are here to hear it. What can you do to contact us? You can call us at the Rickstown Recognition Hotline, 402-479-1400. Got a bunch of texts in on the Rickstown Recognition text line at the same number. uh, Or Facebook.com slash LNK today. We've got a post up there where you can respond there however you like. We try and make it convenient for you because it's an important service that everyone should have access to, including... Like it or not, that Paul gets access to it, like everyone else does. That Paul, what's on your mind today?
5: You know how I have a soft spot in my heart for little kids. Well, I also have great pride in our country. Flag day yesterday brought a lump to my throat. And the 4th of July cannot wait. But what's chapping my hide are all the non-military types that keep using parts of the NATO phonetic alphabet. Unless you are now or formerly were serving in the military, can you please stop with the whiskey tango (laughs) talk? (laughs) And another thing, I heard you last week, Jack, (laughs) talking about call signals. (laughs) First, they're called call signs.
1: Oh, sorry. And with
5: all due respect, For your commander, Jack Sparrow, Riggins, and UNL president, Ted Slapshot Carter, I had the best one ever. Yes. That, Paul. Paul Callstein death ray. (laughs) Come on. How bad is that? That's pretty cool. I gotta go.
1: That's pretty cool. See you that Paul. All right.
5: (laughs) Okay, so... uh,
1: uh, when you the he brings up an interesting question when you have to, t- if you have a last name that you have to spell out for people like I had somebody I was on a phone call with yesterday spell out every letter of his last name by giving he didn't use like the alpha bravo he had other things for each single letter yeah, just like w- words a, a, M as in mouse i as in igloo went through a in the whole kangaroo thing.
3: a as in alphabet
1: yes now with with another name that I sometimes go by. I have one letter that I always, but I do only do it for one letter in, in that and other name. And I do
2: the same. In my for nickname. This, and I do it for, the, oh, for your nickname.
1: Well, you're, well, for the first letter in your last name yeah, is the same, one I do it yeah, for. I do, too. And do, I do you? What do you yeah, say? Victor. Yeah, that's what I do, too.
2: V is in Victor. Is
1: that the military one for V? I don't even know. What's your vector, you know? Victor? Roger, Roger. I need clearance, Clarence. <laughs> okay, sorry. That's v is player. in veil. Vale. In yes. But, you know, people mix it up with a B or a D. If The V is the one that has brought me the most problems over and over v again. V is in Victor. Okay. Yeah, I, t- I say that all the time. All right. Back to the phones. Uh, next is uh, let's Louis. See, Louis. Louis. Morning, Louis. What's up?
9: Hi. How's it going, guys? Good. 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 What's your hide? <laughs> What's you my hide is, are all these mass shootings. We go month and month and month with no mass shootings. And then some 18-year-old kid who's unemployed somehow comes up with approximately $10,000 to buy military-grade weapons and ammunition. Where did this kid get this money?
1: Good question. Good question.
9: You know. And then, and then, oh, lo and behold, now we have all kinds of legislation pending to limit the Second Amendment. Yep. John F. K- John F. Kennedy said, nothing just happened.
1: There you go. All right. Thank you, Louis. I appreciate it. I appreciate the call. 402-479-1400. Let's go to the text line. Laura says, this is a classic high chap, but drivers who have the right of way who stop and give me that little wave insisting that I go ahead. No, really, it's your turn. I've wasted hours <laughs> of my life going back and forth with drivers like that. And then Laura says, what in the Sam Hill, people? Yeah, I'm so glad what in the Sam Hill is back in the local at lincoln lexicon after scooter's gate out there but making the, a
3: bigger uh, return than kate bush it
1: really is what in <laughs> the sin? she is absolutely right though T- traffic laws don't work when kindness just undeserved kindness is factored into the mix okay that's so nice of you. you you've got the i've got the stop sign and you don't and you're waving me to go through the stop sign don't do that. That Be nice to me the other way. Uh, signal me to pull over and write me a check if you want to be nice to me. But all that does is is make things confusing, and Laura is exactly right <laughs> with that one. And, and that brings me to another one that was uh, on the Facebook page, which is kind of related. Jack always talks—this is from Phil. Jack always talks about the courtesy wave. I want the courtesy blink. My travels take me on Highway 2 a lot, West Highway 2 and 14th. If there's a semi-tractor still in the right lane and I see that left blinker come on, I give them the room. Uh, and a courtesy flash on my high beams to let them know the coast is clear. About one in three get courtesy brake light flashes as a thank you. Ooh. Okay, so I knew the light thing about that to tell people they're clear. For sure. I don't know that I've ever been I've done aware that with, of. I've done that with semis on the, uh, the interstate. On the interstate too. all the time. Mark, did you know, is a courtesy brake flash a thing? Yeah, it's actually
2: your four-way flashers. You you just hit those for a couple of flashes. It's okay. not the actual. It's the same light on the vehicle, okay. but it's you just... You know, click the hazards on for a, a I I didn't one. know that was a and, thing. And some semis actually have a, a, like a cough switch on a microphone. They've got a little uh, blinker light, and they can blink
1: all of their marker lights. Oh, and that's what, and that means thank you in that's, truck parlance. Yep. I didn't know that. Interesting. I, now listen, what if we had cars that had built in just a like a light in the back that beams out like a bat signal, but it says thank you. How much how much better would the oh, roads be if we're
2: No, no. Because people some people would be offended by it. Do you
3: no, know the uh, amount of emojis yes. I'm gonna start using? What with that? about
1: emoji? What about emoji lights on the back of your car? You can customize no. five different emojis to show how you feel about the driving that someone else is doing. <laughs> (laughs) you don't dare put one on my vehicle (laughs) so i can watch everyone texting and driving (laughs) (laughs) no you just have buttons on your wheel with the emojis a little screen that you can send a message and there There are too many buttons already there aren't enough ways to to we road rage would go down so much if we you know what else i want i want a horn that says instead of that says thank you What, what if we had that just a little audio kind message that's played. I'm going to need you to not work in the car Your, industry at boop. all. Your car looks nice today. Did you get it washed recently? Customization with all of those. My things. My
3: music is loud enough in the vehicle. I'm going to hear none of that.
1: <laughs> Are you going to feel good? That you can you said hear that? horns. I, I I don't know. I think I think I think I could change the way that our streets work by infusing a little kindness into our cars. Think about it. The emoji car elon musk i guess you're welcome you know another free idea for me um
2: while we're talking about driving i've got another one besides left lane loafers and that is if you're on the interstate especially between here and omaha and you're being passed on the right yes you're in the wrong lane
1: This isn't a new
2: take from you. No, I I just had it happen way too many times this week.
1: All right. uh, Steve says on South 48th, where they're doing that construction, there are no left turn signals, signs posted, and the left turn stack traffic up for four four blocks behind them, and they can't read. I was in front of Brian uh, East yesterday, and there was no way this guy was ever going to get turned left. Uh, yeah, when and, 40, and, you can talk about all the construction you want in the city, but when 48th is under construction between Normal and O Street, it is, is
2: a mess.
1: I got You got cones laying over, right? You got the little base of the cone that's in the middle of the street. You're going, you feel, you're clicking them, you're hitting them with your windshield uh, or your uh, rearview mirrors on the sides. It's just, yeah, I and, agree. And
2: people just absolutely... It doesn't matter whether they're southbound or northbound on 48, they ignore the no left turn. I didn't even know that was there, but
1: that, oh, yeah. it, it makes sense because, yeah, I mean, yeah, there was a huge truck waiting there through two light cycles and didn't ever get a green arrow. It was a mess. Uh, Sheila says Olcini was set to close at 56, but now it's next week and Pioneer had a sign saying closing from 50 to 54th for almost a week. Where's the alternate for both of these? Uh, Sheila, Cornhusker Highway is how you're going to do that. Corn, <laughs> I, what you're, I-80. What you're going to do is <laughs> what you're going to do is you're <laughs> going to get you're going to get on 84th. You're going to go all the way to that gas station with the huge flag, Cornhusker. Okay, and then you're going to take that all the way to 27th Street. You're going to go by our, the, all the auto dealerships. Go by the Cracker Barrel. Uh, go through right uh, that, all
2: the once once you hit go go up. Uh, you're down coming down Cornhusker. or once you go over the little railroad tracks there, yeah, uh, that there, that becomes girder way. Okay, you just stay on girder <laughs> just way. Stay, gir,
1: take the girder path yep. back down 27th. You're going to go by the zoo, right? You're going to get, yep. and in no time, you'll be back at 27th and Pioneers, 27th yep. and Old Chini. Uh, no you need. Simple, simple reroute. Logan says inflation and supply shortages. Peter says running in this weather. Ugh, I can't believe it. Ugh. I've seen a few people doing it. I'm like, I salute you. Michaela says the leather seats in my car fire. Emoji <laughs> uh, Michaela says Gropester uh, Will says President to buy Oil from the Saudis Instead of drilling here Laura says Raising the pay Of substitute teachers Six dollars a day Which will encourage More people to sign up What a slap in the face Six bucks a day Isn't doing enough for you Uh, Moshpit Chad says, what chaps my hide? That anything that uses batteries now has to have screws on the battery door. Good luck getting those out unless you work circuit boards for a living. It's true. (laughs) You Christmas, you get this exciting toy and your kid's ready to play with it. And it's like, hold on, I got to get my drill. (laughs) You got to get
2: a jeweler's uh, tool kit to get those little screws out. OG
1: Steven says, Alpha Sierra Sierra hat drivers. (laughs) That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, Let's see. John says, lost internet east and of Lincoln, where I live, so I went to my... Uh, oh, okay. He's, he's talking about the talk radio being on with severe weather. Where were you guys? Oh, boy. Hello, Maria. Uh, she says, what chaps my eye today is actually three things. My back hurting so much, I can barely walk and can't make it to work. The high temps we are dealing with. Uh, last but not least, the Parthenon closing. Where am I going to get... How do you say that? Dolm- I don't know how to Is it use- just dolmates? Dolmates? Dolmatis? I don't, I don't know my oh. Greek food that I way. Chris Nellis says, high chap, extreme heat. I hate summer. Uh, Midtown Dave Chapman's cell phone app, app login screens don't have the little eye symbol thing or whatever. That gives me the choice to see what my fat fingers type for a password. And Jeremy's upset with me. What did? You, what's he saying? Dang. Mark's on the air early today. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was doing weather
2: at 450.
1: You were. Okay. All right. There you go. We'll take a break. at 724. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. I like the local news
0: because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news.
1: All right, without any further ado, let's get things started with number five. Some severe
2: storms moved through the area last night. Here's some of the highlights. We had a confirmed tornado, confirmed by law enforcement, actually, in uh, far northwest Lancaster County. No reports of any damage. I did have a wind gust of 48 miles per hour at the airport just before 11, 66 hundredths of an inch of rain, 7 tenths southeast of Lincoln. Uh, no reports of damage uh, in the city or in the county. Uh, there was hail in York and Seward. Uh, seems like uh, besides the hail out in that part of the country, we also had some hail up at Branstoke Lake. We had a texter send us a, a picture, I believe it was there, there was some uh, family camping. And then uh, out by uh, east, northeast of Lincoln, I-80 in the Greenwood exit, there's that uh, campground. It was camper turned over, uh, some branches down, minor injuries there, but uh, that's about the extent of uh, the storms last night.
1: Yeah, and as you said, uh, less than an inch. For a couple of readings here in Lincoln. I did get a text from one of our listeners. Rob said they got three inches in Ra- in Waverly, which you know was kind of taking that path through uh, northern Lancaster County, uh, went through the Malcolm area, and then down into, or east into Waverly, I should say, as well. Kind of moving due east during during this whole thing. And my goodness, this thing came up quickly. Um, you know, this wasn't necessarily a day where we were saying throughout the entire day that the convective outlook looked like, okay, big time risk here for something tonight. It it blew up very quickly last night. and And I do real quick we got a couple of couple of messages uh, in today and uh, saying they were they were hoping KLIAM would be on live and I agree anytime there's a tornado warning um, in the area that's that's the time and we have been historically on there and and I'll just be totally honest with you the kind of the the quickness with which this came up the unexpectedness with which this came up um, Took us took us a little bit flat footed here with this whole thing, um, but we agree. We agree with you. We we are proud of our severe weather coverage. Uh, we're going to continue to do it, and we're we're going to be discussing and assessing those those situations going forward. But I'm glad it sounds like the very worst because there are a couple of times there, Mark, when they were talking about rotation, uh, kind of northwest of of Lincoln. And I was thinking, oh, my goodness, this uh, this might be the real deal here with this in terms of tornadoes for some of the listening area in northern Lancaster County and obviously communities on down the line, York into Seward. Um, it's crazy. Now I don't. I don't know if we even got hail at our at our place. Did did you did you end up getting any hail? Do I, I you know? I don't, I don't you think so. Don't know. Yeah. I don't think so.
3: I didn't. Uh, I didn't see any damage at uh, our apartment yeah. complex. None when there I was up either. Midtown
1: Lincoln. Uh, yeah. So so anyway. Dealer
3: uh, Dave said there was pretty good hail at Branch Stoke, though.
1: Yeah. He said they yeah, were out he there He said camping, his right? brother
3: and family uh, they rode the storm out at Branch Oak last night. They had a lot of two inch hail on the South Shore. There were a lot of campers and vehicles that took a beating.
1: Okay. Uh, Brad and Fox Hollow, who lives fairly near me, he said he did have peed a marble-sized hail in my neighborhood. Uh, so we may, we may have gotten a little of that small stuff as well. Chicken Rich says 1.1 inches in Havelock on the official chicken gauge. <laughs> it's an official chicken gauge. I
2: like it. I like it. All
1: right, so. Why
2: did the chicken cross the park? Oh, I don't
1: know. Is this a bonus? I don't know.
2: Yeah, get to the other slide. Number four. First day in court, Herbster Slama slugfest, if you want to call it that. But it was really just the attorneys and verbal slugging. Judge wasn't too happy.
1: Yeah, listen, I I mean, I I hate to say I told you so, but... uh, You told us. I I said, I believe it was just yesterday on the show, I I think I said something to the effect of, in a bunch of these disputes, I don't know if I said the percent 99%, I might have even said something lower than that, the disputes that are going on here have are, are the types of things that attorneys just work out with one another cordially, professionally, all of the time the time for depositions if there's a conflict that goes along with it some of the subpoena stuff and, and I had said that on the air yesterday and then I read that some of the judge's quotes last night after this was all over and the judge is like uh i'm 99 of the attorneys that we uh that come in here deal with these issues professionally outside of the courtroom <laughs> and so i mean it, it 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 seemed like yesterday and i i read about it i wasn't there um but just kind of reading various media accounts of of what happened in that courtroom in beatrice yesterday very near my vacation home uh th- It sounded like it was a lot of the judge saying, can you guys just figure this stuff out? (laughs) You know, you're going to have to probably
2: open a a continuing education course at Southeast Community College Beatrice Campus on proper attorney's uh, preparation for trial after this.
1: I know that SCC Beatrice is very interested in someone who hasn't been in a courtroom in 20 years opening up up that kind of... I'm just going to stick to the one that I'm doing which is uh, Beatrice vacation lifestyle okay I do I have a special so, course on that you can audit it I think for free
2: no remedial
1: education oh, credit we do margarita recipes I, I uh, we make guacamole together Are
3: you an ambassador for Gage County tourism
1: unofficially <laughs> uh, I 'm not on the payroll or anything like that I don't want to say that you've but.
3: historically talked about how much you love Homestead National Park man oh
1: God. Oh, many people have said that they have you know they've changed their life and and set up a new life in Beatrice because of my vacation home there mm-hmm. so but uh, anyway uh, no new here so they've got a, the judge is going to take a couple of these things under advisement like on the protection order related to the, the but and they're disagreeing on whether or not the deposition is going to take should take 2 days or shouldn't take 2 days these are thi- these are things that are not typically like the Judge. length of a deposition is just not typically that much of a sticking point. Judge shouldn't have to waste time cases. on this, though,
2: right? I mean, generally
1: speaking. Yeah. Now, I'm sure that there were certainly some things that, that were adjudicated or argued yesterday that would be more typical of pretrial motions in a civil case. But like I said, a lot of it felt like babysitting to me. Which I don't think the judge probably was was too happy about. Uh, and then there was a, all of the back and forth, like you're trying this case in the media, and your your pleadings look like press releases, and and all of this stuff. And we got people pasting tweets into uh, into motions that are filed with the court. So there's some interesting stuff going on with uh, with that whole thing. But I'll tell you this again: if they can't agree on a deposition date on the length of a deposition if you think this case is somehow settling anytime soon (laughs) there's gonna have to be a lot that changes in whatever's going on there between these two legal teams for that to even be on the table here at this point this is going to go for a while i think
2: number three lincoln board of education uh lps board uh and last night next to the last meeting for uh, Superintendent Steve Joel as he's retiring, but they kind of made a surprise announcement, and uh, they're going to take some action at their next meeting
1: on June 28th. Yeah, they're going to name some... uh, Now, they haven't released the full name, but his name is going to be associated with that LPSDO building that is um, just east of Cotton or No, next to Whole Foods. Uh, Sort of next to Whole Foods. And and right next to the sleep number store. I hadn't thought of that, but yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I think a lot of it just kind of goes to the idea that that building was necessary after the previous one burned down. Like a year into Steve Joel's tenure here at LPS, and a heck of a thing to be to be dealing with at that time. But um, it, you know, it's it's it was just a mess. And you remember there was a there's an arson case that went along with that, um, and 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 all of those things but the new facility was was built um i think it's doing well and it was uh a, again any time <laughs> it's been a crazy time to be in education in education in lincoln or anywhere but especially in lincoln with that fire as well uh with the district uh but but again i'll say this one more time and and listen i I like Steve Joel a lot. He's going to be on my podcast in, in a couple of weeks. I think he had to navigate through some really difficult situations. But, you know, I, I continue to say, and I, I'll say it again. I said it on the last day of school. I'll say it again. I am so glad that we, in the community that we've got, that we do have, despite the difficult circumstances, that we've got teachers and we've got people who are willing to be administrators at these schools and, and they're willing to do those jobs when they're difficult, when they're sometimes really thankless when they are some when they sometimes don't you know pay as much as you'd hope they would we had one of the commenters talking about the substitute teacher pay on here as well and so uh, i i i understand the decision to do that but let's make sure we continue to to be to be mindful of the fact that we need these people in this public school system and uh be thankful that we've got them and and make sure they know that as well and and just think about uh
2: dr steve joel's uh tenure here came in about a year fire
1: pandemic at the end yeah you know bookmarked it with a couple uh a couple of big things on each side of that all right moving on number
2: two volleyball schedule came out yesterday what do you think
1: yeah caleb what was the headliner there for you
3: Uh, I think immediately the first thing that jumps out is what that finishing weekend is at the end of November, where you host Wisconsin and Minnesota to close out the weekend. So Nebraska fans, because usually, well, the last two times Nebraska has won the Big Ten title, they've won it on the last game of the year at home. And now last year, remember, Wisconsin came to town and was able to clinch it, um, over Nebraska. But they this is a pretty good schedule for for the Huskers getting that closing series there. Um you also have just staying with the Big 10. You've got home and homes with Michigan State, Ohio State, Northwestern, Maryland, Iowa, Purdue and Wisconsin. What you don't have for the home and homes, Penn State and Minnesota, but you host both of those teams. Right. So you're you're not going yeah, to those schools. Yeah, that's true. So those are pretty good there. Um, You start out with that Husker Invitational. You've got Tulsa, Pepperdine, and Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Pepperdine, of course, um, has Haim's sister playing for them. You've got other non-conference games of Ole Miss, which has got Caleb Banworth at the head of it. Former Husker. You have got Long Beach State, which has Tyler Hildebrand. Coming back in year one, huh? You've got Kentucky, who won the national title a couple years ago, has got Skinner. Leading right. that. that's a former Husker assistant hosting Stanford you've got all of the history there and then of course going up to uh, take on Creighton
1: I love, I mean, it, it, it's interesting the non-conference kind of gets progressively harder as you go week by week mm-hmm. but the, then you open up and you get Michigan State and Ohio State at home for your first two conference games and then you go to Rutgers, Maryland Michigan State and at Michigan before you get Penn State at home you start off in you know, with with a slate that you feel like, okay, you probably should run the table there, right? Until you get to Penn State on October 14th with a new coach. And then you end this thing with six out of nine games at home. (laughs) Maryland, Indiana, Iowa, Purdue, Wisconsin, Minnesota, all home games starting on October 29th going through the end of the season. In the middle of that, you got trips to Northwestern, Ohio State, and Iowa. I think Nebraska... I think Nebraska got a got a good schedule. Yeah, here. for
3: as for as difficult as obviously the Big Ten is on its own, no matter what what draw you get, and as difficult as a non conference schedule John Cook has put together for what is the presumptive what number one maybe number two team in the country, this is favorable. This, I think this, so this, too. This is a great schedule. This is going to be one of the one of the best strength of schedules out there in the country. But for Nebraska, the amount of quality opponents you get at home the right. way they all fall in the order this is great for agree, Great for but, the Huskers that
1: Big Ten schedule and we feel like we haven't said this for many sports that <laughs> Big Ten schedule I think falls pretty good for Nebraska but that's Black Friday right against Wisconsin yes. so so your your day on Black Friday, if you're into uh, World Cup soccer, you've got the United States and England. Oh, jeez. Then you've got Nebraska-Iowa football that's moved a little bit later because of that World Cup soccer game. And I presume it'll be a night game then between Nebraska and Wisconsin.
3: Nebraska-Wisconsin at what, 7, 8, in, eight o'clock? In
1: Lincoln. Yeah, probably seven or, 7 or 8 o'clock in Lincoln oh. on Black Friday after all of that. And then Minnesota the night after. Well, and then to, I mean, how about that last weekend? Wisconsin and Minnesota in Lincoln.
3: You, you go. You go from there. <laughs> you you set up the way the volleyball and football schedules work together with where it is going to that Black Friday weekend. Things start out for the Husker Invitational August twenty sixth, and then you've got the Dublin game for football
1: on the twenty seventh. The day, the next day, the next yeah. day. Yep, uh, should be fun. Can't wait to. Uh, oh, can't wait to see him on the court. So here this Glad year. we yep. finally have it. Yep number
2: one. Longtime Lincoln restaurant closing its doors. Parthenon South 56th and Highway 2 closing for good uh, just a few days. 19th Uh, they're going to change over to a catering and using their food truck it's called Cozina I believe is how you pronounce Mm -hmm. it. Uh, The Metal Grill down in Hickman is moving into that location so there'll still be uh, a restaurant there and of course you got a Parthenon gift card? Need to use it by the nineteenth, or mail it back for a full refund.
1: Some Munch Madness reverberations there. Parthenon was a a finalist in Munch Madness uh, a few Couple years back, ago. Yeah, a few years back as well. It is. I'll be interesting to talk to Robin and Dave about this, guys. Just sort of the economic forces in the restaurant world that cause one to make this decision and go to the the catering food truck game instead of the restaurant game itself. Is that a bit of a trend? Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, by the way, I went to high school with one of the owners, uh, of the, uh, of the Parthenon and they've, they've been great. Hopefully they'll still keep coming out to, uh, farmers markets and, and those sorts of things as well. Uh, but too bad that they're going to be closing, but you know, good news that the food's still going to be out there.
2: Yep. And the, they're going to be around the community. They're not leaving yep. the community. Yep.
1: So that's good. Very good. All right. seven fifty That is it for your morning drive. It's brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. You are listening to KLIN. We- You. All right, it's 8 11 on LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Welcome back. Glad to have you with us. 25 minutes till we'll be uh, visiting with John Bishop. Uh, He's going to join us. We'll talk College World Series. He'll be covering that in the coming days, Husker stuff, and more. So we've got that. Uh, And by the way, we're already getting a whole lot of texts in on Request Line Friday after we announce that this week is going to be songs that remind you of dads. So there you go with that. Uh, Yeah, we're we're getting a lot of them in. I would recommend get them in earlier rather than later if you want to be sure to hear more than five seconds of your song because uh, these are typically... very busy days and so we've got that coming up as well but right now it is time to talk to the mayor of lincoln Lyrian Gaylor baird uh mayor good morning how are you doing today
9: hey good morning jack i'm doing well thank you
1: good uh, a lot of stuff to get to it's been a busy week of news i want to start with the uh vote that uh the city council had on uh, what's widely known as as the fairness ordinance and uh the decision to rescind it um uh, you know from the first council vote on this to the second one obviously some minds changed about something about going forward with this you obviously had the signature drive in the meantime and so enough city council members minds were changed about whether to go forward with this now to make that vote and have it be rescinded i'm curious has your the has the intervening circumstances changed your mind on uh on anything about the fairness ordinance
9: well, no. I mean, here's the main thing is that I think the majority of the council and the majority of people in our community really want to see there be a community in Lincoln that is free from discrimination, and we want to make sure everyone can enjoy equal opportunity um, and a true sense of belonging and, and have great recourse if they are facing discrimination. That has not changed. That is a consistent value that we share um, What's unfortunate in Lincoln, um, which is different from the situation at Omaha, who does, which does have a fairness ordinance on the books, uh, is that we have this you know, petition process that has an incredibly low threshold for nullifying city council ordinances. So while the city council did pass this and a very affirmative vote, uh, it doesn't take many signatures to put some of that in limbo. Um, so I think, you know, this, the council reevaluated what they were prepared to do going forward, because I think generally speaking, none of us think it's a great idea to be voting on people's human rights. Um, so So here we are.
1: So, but I mean, I, I I don't know how you go forward and avoid that necessarily, yeah. because my guess is if you would, even if it was tweaked, and I think there are probably ways that the, it could be tweaked to, to make it a, a little bit more palatable to people who didn't like it, but isn't that going to come up any time that you try to do something like this at a city level? And, and if so, if that's a policy, you don't want to vote on something like this, mm-hmm. is it ever have any opportunity of coming up again, at least as far as you're concerned?
9: I mean, I think it does have an opportunity. I think that probably all the supporters are reevaluating the best, most strategic path forward at
5: this point.
1: Are there – I guess my only other question is, like, I read it. I compared it to, you know, what the the federal laws that exist right now. I compared it to what Omaha has. And I would say, at least my position was, it was – somewhat more uh, it was a little more broad uh Mm -hmm. than than what omaha has i think it was a little less clear about what the religious exemptions mean in some cases it has the bathroom stuff in there which you know is is Mm -hmm. is particularly was something that that got a lot of people motivated to oppose this is there i mean is there some kind of a possibility to kind of sit down and and tweak it and rewrite it in a way where perhaps something, where there isn't as much opposition to it, and it it doesn't end up going to uh, another petition drive?
9: Well, I mean, I think that is a a key question going forward, and I don't know what the council's plans are in terms of updates uh, to Title Eleven at this point. It's obviously very fresh news, and and you're right, there were broader protections in there. There was important updates. Um, Title Eleven had this part of our code that deals with discrimination hadn't been updated for many many years and protections for veterans were included for instance um it so so i i think you know that is a discussion that we have to have
1: yeah, I, I mean, it, it it seemed like a lot of it, a lot of the talk of it talked about a fairly narrow part of it would, may be important to some people, but there was a lot of it that seemed less controversial, I would say. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just wonder if there can be conversation on on those parts and you're, you're going to get less opposition on that. But nonetheless, I, I guess the only other question I have is, is, is as far as. You because I heard some voices from the affected community, um, uh, people, especially um, in in the LGBT community, it's basically saying we we don't want this at this point. And I don't know if that gets Mm -hmm. to what you were saying with, with you don't want to put human rights uh, Mm -hmm. to a vote, but there were, I think there was some concern about the impact that that would have and the reaction that that would have. Is that, is that what you were talking about when you talked about putting to a vote or had you heard any of that?
9: I mean, well, that is part of it. I mean, uh, the fact that we had a member of our community commit suicide, the fact that this issue is, um, is really being used as, part of political warfare in our country right now. Instead of, you know, focusing on the humanity and dignity and respect that we need to afford all of our community members, it's being tossed around in gubernatorial primaries and elections. Um, and it's really bullying trans kids in our in our country. And it's a terrible thing to witness. And it is a, definitely a part of the the analysis that has to be done when you weigh the costs and benefits of of proceeding with a vote on human rights
1: well and and that sorry i said that was my last question but is there any i mean is there any discussion to be had then with with people on opposite sides of this issue who are influential city Mm -hmm. council you um and and you know those who have been outspoken against it and and who are behind a petition drive is there Mm -hmm. is there room for discussion and compromise on this
9: We don't want to compromise on people's human rights. (laughs) I mean, I think there's a fundamental disagreement about, you know, the fact that opponents uh, don't honor the full humanity of folks in the LGBTQ community and uh, supporters of Title 11 and fairness do. Yeah.
1: Okay, um, Mayor, I want to get, I want to save some time, uh, for, for budget discussions as well as, uh, you released yeah. your proposed budget as well. I get. I guess just, uh, let, let's start kind of generally. I mean, well, first of all, this is biennium, right? And it, that mm-hmm. had been changed. that you done, there had been single years in, in the years prior, correct? Right. How did that, how did that change kind of getting back to the normal process impact
8: how you looked at this process?
9: Well, it feels good to be getting back to more familiar ways. Um, we obviously um, broke apart the biennial budget into two annual budgets to try to deal with the economic uncertainty surrounding the pandemic. Uh, you know we we're having to forecast revenues in really uncertain times. Um, getting back on track with a two year budget helps us think more long term and helps us think about how we 're going to reinvest our our revenue and our and you know Take the the benefits of the growth of our community and reinvest them in infrastructure and services so that we can continue to grow a safe and successful city. And that's what this budget is focused on. It's focused on growing a safe and successful city and really proud of the fact that uh, the way our community responded, the way our health team and our partners in the medical community and and, um, and all across our community, across sectoral partners, the way we responded, mobilizing our community to be safe, helping our businesses operate safely, really, really helped us rebound, um, not only, you know, in, from the, the virus, but also economically. And so... We are using our successes as being one of the safest communities to Uh, to uh, to propel Lincoln forward for the next two years.
1: Well, yeah, and and, uh, I'm I'm curious. I know you you know in your message along with this, you talked about protecting the health and safety of all lincoln families reading from it um mm-hmm. uh, five pl- additional police officers three civilian employees uh dispatchers for 911 firefighters paramedics those those sorts of things public health nurses that go along with that as well Is that i mean is that a normal level of growth from what you've seen in the past in these budgets is this more ambitious than that and and um yeah. and, and then i guess the other question that goes along with it is are, are you able to get people to do these things Uh, that goes along with it as well. I'm, I'm just curious about that generally.
9: Right. Well, public safety is our top priority, and so you have seen my administration continue to add police officers to our budgets. Um, Five is sort of the typical annual amount that helps us keep pace with the growth of this city, but we are, you know, beefing up uh, our police department because we do have uniformed officers performing civilian duties right now, and we want to make sure that we can maximize the number of officers who are available to take shifts on the street. Uh, And dispatch, you know, (laughs) our call volumes continue to grow every year as the city gets bigger um, a lot of those calls are for you know medical assistance so so growing our firefighter paramedic team is really important as well so that we can make sure we have um, you know we can continue to have a reasonable workload for those important emergency responders and and have good response times for the community so I would say that you know that that, that we are on track when it comes to public safety response and you um, and adding public health nurses, is this is a new initiative in this case to try to provide home health visitation for newborns and their mothers. We know that we when we prevent, um, you know, do good preventative work on the front end, we can avoid costs on the back end. So that this is a very much about helping our young ones have a good start in life um, so that they are school-ready, healthy, and, and eventually can be a part of the workforce because, yes, we need more people in the workforce, and we are facing those challenges just like any other organization in in our city and state and country at this moment
1: it's it is nice to be talking about a property tax rate decrease instead mm-hmm. of um an increase mm-hmm. which we i've talked about with with mayors and their budgets in in the previous years on on the other hand the reality is and you know this too that that valuations have increased significantly and and this is even before you're you know you were you were mm-hmm. the mayor on this whole thing how how meaningful do you think this property tax cut that that you are asking for here in this budget will actually be for the people who are listening right now yeah
9: well i'm um- I'm proud of this budget, and we're pleased to be able to offer a property tax rate cut of $1.2 million, and we can do that because we have a growing economy, and we've got this record-setting pace of of private development in our community, and, and because we are working efficiently at the city. Um, this is a meaningful tax cut. I mean, we do not anticipate a revaluation for residential in this first year of the budget, so uh, all the dollars going back to our residents uh, are 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 going back into their pocketbooks and and so you know this is a this is a true cut.
1: Caleb is planning to protest the valuation of my home. He thinks it's too low because I built a new deck. Please don't share that with anyone. I, I don't think anybody gonna, should hear it. I'm gonna be calling okay. Rob out. Again after this. It's, I mean, <laughs> it's a nice deck, Mayor, but it's not that nice. Okay, so let's all let's everyone calm hey, down. Don't I,
3: cut yourself short. You have held get, multiple parties there. It is held up. No,
1: it's it's just fine. It, the parties I heard it's were gold plated. The the know. parties <laughs> were fine. The food wasn't that good. You know, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go overboard, and you know I'm not I'm not curing what's ailing you know alien city good. budgets with my dad. You are okay? a certified carpenter at this stop point. That. I saw you that can work. Stop that! I'm terrible at that. <laughs> I'm terrible at that.
9: Um, Jack, what what song is going on on your family's playlist, reminding them of
1: you? Uh, the I, that's a good question. That's a good. They get mad because I'm in. They mainly don't like my music, mayor. So <laughs> they like they're mad because I'm in a yacht rock phase right now. So you know Love it's it. it's a lot of Kenny Loggins, a lot of Michael mcdonald's a lot of steely dan little river band maybe little river band gets in there a little Mm -hmm. bit um pablo cruz they're not fans of that and so they get upset when i do that and so but, but trying to find music or television or movies for a family uh with mom and dad a 17 year old and an 11 year old is nearly impossible that everybody can agree on if you can get three out of four it's good
9: we were all in the basement last night at 11 p.m. watching Modern Family while we waited out the storm. So there's one that we've, we've managed to find in our family. Congra-
1: I mean, good. That's good. Right. I'm glad you guys yeah. have been able to find one because we, yeah. we really haven't. Uh, hey, last but not least, I, I do want to ask. I've got listeners that ask me uh, every time, and, you know, we report on the COVID risk dial and they say, why are we continuing to do this thing? Is this thing going away at some point? Does it need to go away? Can you answer that question? Why continue to do it? And, and how long yeah. will that continue to be a thing?
9: Right. Well, we all want this pandemic to be over. The reality is it's not. And what I want to emphasize is that right now we don't have restrictions on our community members or our businesses. So what we can provide is up-to-date real-time information about sort of the status of the outbreaks in in the community. And so we will continue to provide that information because it allows our community members to make decisions. You know, there are still people who are immunocompromised. There are still people who are too young or ineligible for vaccinations. And so they need information about, you know, precautions they may want to consider if they're in a crowded indoor space. And so we will continue to put that information out there for them and to let people know about the ongoing clinics we're doing for vaccines Mm -hmm. and boosters. We've got new, you know, opportunities for younger children, and we're going to be expanding those vaccination clinics uh, for booster doses at local schools all next week. So yes, we will continue to help people make informed decisions that protect
1: themselves. I mean, is it fair to say it's, it's, I mean, it's basically public information. It's not something that's largely shaping policy at this point now i yeah. mean I, I i mean i understand with the vaccinations and those sorts of things but i i feel like people don't quite uh, quite grab I, I i the the public information thing makes a lot of sense but yeah um is there any is there any other impact whether we're in yellow low yellow or mid yellow for instance right
9: well, right. At this point, we're just putting out that information so people can make smart choices and letting them know about the clinics. Um There are no policy changes that are that are going into effect that are reacting to the yellow on the dial. So, it, you know, we're steady state. We're we're pleased with the success we've had in vaccinating uh, so many members of our community. But, you know, it'd be nice to continue to make some progress there so we can keep Lincoln safe and protect our businesses and, and all the students coming back for school. In the
1: right. Fall. Right. No. All right. Yeah. The I, the burgers were overdone a little bit. Of the drink, I didn't get enough ice for the the cooler, and so I, the drinks all got warm. So just please keep that in mind. You know when you when you're talking to the assessor, I'd appreciate that. <laughs>
5: okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mayor. I appreciate your time. All
5: right. All right. Take care. Lier- Thank
1: you. Mary Leary and Geller Baird, eight twenty six on K L I N. Waking up the capital city with the help of Nitro
0: Cold Brew Coffee from Broken Rail Beverage Company. This is 1,499.3 KLIN.
6: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.
7: And if you love the Filet-O-Fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
6: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
4: Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.
0: He's been talking Huskers on the Nebraska airwaves for nearly three decades. It's Old Timers Day on the Radio Dial with former KLIN
1: Morning Show sidekick, John Pitchup. All right, 840 LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. And uh, John Bishop has come on to thank me for allowing him to take a day off yesterday to prep for the College World Series. It was nice of you to come on and for this personal thank you note. I appreciate it.
8: You're welcome. No problem. I'm glad that you were able to spread your disease across the uh, radio masses across my audience and <laughs> you know i'm sure i'm sure I'm sure there was a lot of conversation i i noticed the poll question i obviously <laughs> valentinos somehow got weasled into the conversation yeah, oh yeah
1: right, valentinos and runza are always it seems it seems to always be a conversation that That uh, follows me. No, we actually got, for some reason, we got into my career as uh, a, a hawker at the Husker football games when I was a teenager and how I graduated from popcorn to runza's to Val's and then i got in trouble because i didn't try to sell very hard i mainly watched the game and i usually lost money but i was still okay with it because i went to all the games and that morphed into a larger conversation that we don't have to get into now but yes uh we had a we had a good time and uh you're getting ready for the college world series now uh in omaha now uh, first of all so it's a different format this year just in terms of the day's things are happening so can you explain that for people who are
8: maybe are thinking about uh, about going up and and going
1: and how it might be different than what they've seen other years
8: well it's starting earlier it's starting a day earlier we usually have started um on on saturday but we're starting on a friday this year so so as we can get the championship series played the following weekend and what that's going to do is condense the format Down and, and maybe double up a day or two that have not normally been doubled up. And the real disadvantage will be to the teams that are in the bottom half of the bracket or bracket two, um, which will be the games that the first round games that will be played on Saturday. Because if you lose that first game on Saturday, then you have to come back. And play on Monday mm-hmm. for your for you know your first elimination game, and play Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Jeez! In order to wow. get to the championship series, so you know before you at least had a day off in there, um, and and even for the loser of bracket one, which is the first games on Friday, whoever loses that first game. You come back on Saturday, you do get Monday off, but then you go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So it's just going to condense the schedule. It's really going to put a premium on bullpens and on pitching depth if you're going to make that, you know, uh, backdoor entry into the College World Series final, so I really think this year the first round games are more important than ever because at least it gives you some kind of an ability to to set your pitching rotation, and obviously it's one fewer game that you have to win in order to get to yeah. the weekend. Yeah. That's true. And, and, and then the other thing, it just, I, I always thought
1: it was bizarre. You get to that second weekend and the thing's been going on all week, and you get to a weekend where it's a more likely time that, for instance, I would come up to a game. Sounds like a, a fun time hanging out in that great area around the ballpark, and there's no games. <laughs> so I, I've got to think Omaha, the businesses and everything are, are happy about actually having games going on during a weekend that seemed weird to be just lie empty for a
8: couple of Well, and of it days. also helps because, you know, you get the teams that make it all the way. to the finish and you know the fans and the parents that have been there have been staying there for over a week and so you know just just getting you know those extra couple of days where and and again this is assuming that we don't have any weather issues that are going to push us back um which is always a concern at the college world series so (laughs) yeah it was something that needed to happen um just because it you know it felt weird to have a national championship event and and you don't have any games being played on a weekend, so right. um, I, I I prefer the change. Um, you know, I'm sure some of the coaches will be stressing out a little bit more this year because of what it might do to a pitching staff. But again, you know, if you win that first game, then you don't have to worry as much.
1: Right. I was I was talk- I probably brought this up to you at some point, but I was talking to Josh about this yesterday. Something that fascinates me, and I'd like a documentary about or something, are not necessarily family, but fans of teams who come up. For you know, a team that gets to the championship and comes up for the entirety of the College World Series, and like how you pack for that, <laughs> how many <laughs> yeah. are you? I mean, what are you? Laying, you gotta be laying out like ten thousand bucks overall for that trip when you count everything that goes into that. Uh, like that is just that is a major commitment as a fan, and I'm fascinated by those who do and are able to make it.
8: Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you think about. You know, parents who follow their sons or daughters through a a basketball or a volleyball tournament where it's, you know, three different weekends. I mean, same things going on here. Plus, you know, the travel is probably even more extreme because you'll see teams literally flying from one end of the country to the other. And then, of course, the finals are always uh, here in Omaha, but yeah, it's a it's quite an outlay uh, for you know the the families and the and the fans who you know really want to follow their teams all the way through the bracket. Yeah, so just two games scheduled per day, so we shouldn't
1: and that's typical. So we shouldn't have like any uh, three a.m. ending games, right? For your
8: sake, ha! <laughs> <laughs> Pro- I, <laughs> I'm not going to assume anything. I mean, I know the weather's going to yeah. be really, really hot. Um, well, this could be one of the hottest college world series ever, uh, if the forecast holds. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm not going to assume anything. The games are pretty long, and there's a lot more offense this year than there's been in previous years. So uh, the, good. You know, we could have a, we could have quite a few four hour long games, but nice. I, I I was just going through and I'm you know doing my team comparisons and looking over the stats and the home runs in this postseason. Stanford has hit twenty two home runs in the postseason. In, in the postseason, twenty two home runs. That's in like six games. Oh, my uh, gosh. let's see. What do they do? They went. They went. For the eight games, eight, okay, but still, no, the seven games, but still, I mean, it's that's an it's yeah. an incredibly well, huge number.
1: That's it's interesting because I wanted to ask you one of the things that was so compelling to me this year uh, when I was watching the the uh, regional round, especially on on squeeze play, were just the fact the thing that made it compelling for me was that teams weren't out of it when they got down four runs, right? There was there was a lot of drama still to be had in a lot or when they in some cases got down twelve to zero or or whatever it was in that situation. Now I don't, you're probably not gonna see I don't know, maybe you will. The pitching taps aren't staffs won't be quite as um uh, taxed in the college world season. Of course the field plays into this as well. But do you think we could see some of that crazy offense that we saw in the regional given what you said about
8: these teams? I, I, I think so. I mean, it, it now, obviously the wind is going to have an impact too, because, you know, if the wind's blown out of the south, yeah. which it usually is in the summer, it might knock down a few more balls. I mean, this ballpark plays bigger than a lot of the ballparks that we've seen, but that still doesn't keep teams from, you know, hitting gappers or line drives, um, you know, the walks. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, there, there's, I think there's gonna be runs Mm -hmm. this year. Um, I, you know, we're not gonna see, you know, as many of the two to one, three to two games as we've seen in the past. And heck, even in the last handful of CWS, Um, You know, we've seen some big run totals. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how some of these teams do adjust to the park. And I think it'll be interesting to see, too, how these teams adjust to the weather, you know, with it being as hot as it is. You know, does that put, you know, the Stanfords and the Notre Dames at a distinct disadvantage Mm -hmm. versus these other southern teams who, you know, 100 degrees and 90 percent humidity is, you know, that's that's February. So, um, you know, all of it factors together. I, it, the other part of it, too, is this has been so not chalky. I mean, we only had yeah. two teams out of the top eight that made it. Only yeah. one of the top four national seeds made it. Um, Ole Miss, who barely got into the field, you know, shut out uh, Southern, Southern Miss in Miss, yeah. route to, to, to making it to the College World Series. And so it's really, really wide open. And and you could, you could make a case, I think, for any of the eight teams to run all the way through uh which I don't know if you could have necessarily said that in the past and it certainly it helps that you know you don't have Tennessee the team that dominated the entire regular season right. here
1: yeah. Well, and that was going to be my next question is, is there a favorite? Who is, I mean, I guess by seed, Stanford is, is the favorite in this thing. But as you, as you've delved into your prep, digging further down into these teams, you, you still feel that way on, on paper looking at this thing that it, really, well, the odd, really odds, the odds have open?
8: Stanford and Texas at the top. Texas? Okay. And I would, I would agree with that. Though I do wonder about Stanford's pitching depth. Um, I'm, I'm still going to, you know, when it comes to baseball, I'm still going to lean towards teams that, you know, can throw a few arms at you and, and and make life difficult. And and when you look at, you know, some of the pitching numbers, I mean, Notre Dame is has the, has the best ERA in the field um you know te- texas is just really solid and i you know they've got the best offense in the field but their pitching staff's pretty solid too and they've got they played they have the best defensive team in the nation so um I, if i had to make a choice right now i i think texas is a is a good pick um but i'm not going to sleep on oklahoma um the sooners are playing really good baseball um here down the stretch they swept through the conference tournament um you know their offense really came on and they they can play a style that's more suited to you know the way things were in the early you know 2010s they they're one of the top base stealing teams in in college baseball, and so they could if they get the run game going, they could be dangerous too. So it wouldn't surprise me if Oklahoma uh, makes a run uh, from this field.
1: I went and saw Oklahoma play Arizona State in Rosenblatt in about ninety three or ninety four, and Oklahoma had a guy named Chip Glass, and I always remember that guy. <laughs> Look him up, Chip Glass. Uh, yeah, you know, is it too much to ask to get a team uh, in in this thing that is uh, likable to Nebraska fans? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
8: it's uh, it, it, it's pretty tough. I, I'd be curious to see what folks are thinking. I mean, in in most years it would have been Arkansas, but then of course yeah. what happened last year got some folks triggered. Um, I don't think there's a lot of dislike for Auburn, um, yeah. and Auburn Auburn's got one of the one of the best uh, stories in the field, Sonny DeShera. Yes. They're a 270-pound first baseman who does not look like he belongs on a baseball field, and yet he's one of the best hitters yes. in college baseball. That's speaking my language. And
3: he, he transferred last year. He John, did. He, and,
8: transferred in, yeah, he transferred in and, and was really good um uh you know before he transferred in and well he was he trans- okay
3: like he wasn't even first team in his in his conference right,
8: i think he was second team in his conference but he was, ended up being sec co-player of the yeah. year. <laughs> um, obviously notre dame you know yeah, notre dame no. it's gonna be interesting to see what no people in omaha do because i think i think there's a pretty decent notre dame following in omaha we'll see how it reacts you know oklahoma old rival here old miss Ole Miss is if they wear it now. I don't know if they're going to do it, but if they wear those powder blue yes. uniforms, mm-hmm. they're going to be pretty popular. Yes. Plus, you got the Lane Kiffin tie in, right? You know, that's my Lane-Kiffin, team, native Nebraskan Lane Kiffin. John, that's I've settled on Ole Miss. I mean, that's the best I
1: can do. The SEC works against it, but I don't necessarily have any specific... like Kayla Banworth connection to the Kayla, school? I'm over the 2002 Independence Bowl. that shouldn't have faked that punt to Judd Davies, <laughs> set Eli Manning up in great field position. Yeah. I think I put that behind me. I think I've got the least of a grudge, but when Texas plays Notre Dame, I'm just cheering for errors and walks. That's all I want to see. <laughs>
8: oh, please. No errors and walks. All, all errors and, and walks.
1: I want John there at 3 a.m. and a terrible game that's, are, that's are,
8: are, are we still are we still angry at Stanford for the uh, for the hair, yep, hair yes yes, yes. The, okay. the, the, the tree and and also for beating Nebraska you know back
1: in your days of uh, in the super regional uh, in Palo Alto okay. All right, well, I diamond.
8: understand that. And and Texas A&M, you know, I mean, at some point, you know, we just assume that Texas A&M is just going to claim a national championship and stick <laughs> right. it on the side of it. Right, stadium. and all
1: the Nebraska connections left, so now I don't want them to be good. I, <laughs> if I need to, I can get behind Arkansas, I think, for Dave Van Horn's sake. So I've got that in my back pocket, but man... Whew, other than that, there's there's not a lot there. There's not a lot there. Yeah, I do like I, the I, Auburn. I could do Auburn too. I guess. All right. So I'm going to go Auburn.
8: Auburn and Ole Miss might be the yep. default choice. The
1: winner of that Auburn Ole Miss game is going to be the horse that I ride. I think on on this whole thing.
8: Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, either way, you know, get ready for the SEC chance because you know, Ugh. literally four teams See? all from the same division. See? I can't do that either. Oh no,
3: no, the SEC has already claimed that they have six teams in the College
1: World
8: Series. <laughs> that's true. I mean, they. They technically do. I mean, two of them are SEC and waiting. They're in the waiting room. Why could
1: Connecticut
8: not have won? Connecticut would
1: have been so easy to get behind. Really don't. I'm I'm over the loss in uh, what 1993, 94 in the NCAA tournament, so uh, basketball tournament that
8: is, and the the regional. You know, so you know the funny thing is UConn's never played in Omaha. See what, I, I mean I, I'm sorry this this UConn team hasn't played in Omaha since they joined the Big East because oh because they, they haven't just yeah they had, well they had a COVID breakout in 20, uh, 2021 and couldn't make mm. a trip to Omaha. And then this year, uh, Creighton played at UConn, so the Huskies have never played in this stadium. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, John, well, good luck. We'll be uh,
1: we'll be listening, and uh, enjoy the games, and hopefully they end early for you. No, we'll do our best, thanks. There you go, John Bishop. 16-20 zone in the Colin uh, College World Series. 8.55, we'll take a break. Wrap up the show after this on KLIN.
0: I like the local news, because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox Sign up for The Daily at KLIN.com. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN.
1: All right, a couple of quick announcements here. Keyword for the day for Keys to the City brought to you by Lincoln Mattress and Furniture is Cave, C-A-V-E. Today's business is Robber's Cave, but this is one of those where you can't go in person to get an extra entry, go to the other businesses yeah, not there, and you to get injured for that uh, grand prize. Don't forget, the Lincoln Arts Festival is coming up. KLIN's a proud sponsor, June 18th and 19th at the Railway Yard, live performances art demonstrations, uh, channel your inner artist or interactive arts activities, and purchase your home's next big art piece there. And request on Friday, thongs that make you think of dad. We'll see you tomorrow, 9 o'clock, and Lincoln.